0: If you ever pull that shit with me again, I'll kill you. And all you little Chinese mooshu pork potions in the world will not save you next time. You know, you shouldn't knock Chinese potions. I have something in my pocket right now that'll completely clear up that bruise on your forehead. What bruise? bruise.
1: Welcome to Double Impact, the podcast where we double back on the movies that impacted us growing up as 90s kids and decide whether they hold up today or are best left in the past. I'm Tristan. And I'm Greg. And today we are talking about the Glimmer Man. Glimmer. Man. Glimmer. It didn't stack up very well, to be honest with you, Greg.
2: <laughs> Has it aged well like a fine cabs have?
1: It didn't age well a month after it was released, so it cost $45 million to make. Which already was a massive budget cut and it made twenty mil. That's I'm, what we call a bomb.
2: I'm a mathematician, but that sounds terrible.
1: Yeah, not 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 a great business model, that one. Rotten Tomatoes score of twelve percent. Not the worst Steven Seagal film <laughs> on Rotten Tomatoes. No, he's made some doozies recently. Yeah, I think contract he to kill zero percent.
2: There was a zero percent in there, there was I mean, a there's lot a lot not yet reviewed. There's some not yet reviewed. A lot, there's
1: quite a lot not reviewed. I think he's pumping these things out faster than Rotten Tomatoes can be thrown at them. His highest scoring critically, um, mm-hmm. Rotten Tomato ranking film, uh, Under, Under Siege 77 percent. The next one up, Machete. I didn't even remember him in Machete. Yeah, Is he's it the cameo. I don't remember. He's that. in
2: the beginning isn't he isn't he the wait beginning middle and he's the
3: machete time no
1: machete. he's
3: the
2: he's the main
1: he's the, the drug lord I is believe. he the main guy yeah he's a baddie the main baddie or like a, hmm. I want to say main baddie well needless to say this film is not good <laughs> <laughs> this is not in the top 10 the first film we've done when we go through the top set of the year, this is nowhere to be seen. No trace. I'm It's probably not top 20. It's probably not top 100. Who the hell knows? Glimmered. Number one think. this year was uh, Independence Day. Landmark year for Big Willie style. Twister, number two. Mission Impossible, number three. Mm. The Rock, number four. Not the actor, but the film. Ransom. Mm. Nanny Professor, The Birdcage, 101 Dalmatians, ah. A Time to Kill, and First Wives Club
2: interesting there's some crap in. this is a shit year like
1: not a good year for film
2: no some of those things you just said are garbage
1: this is the worst of a bad bunch hmm independence day that's actually a weird year independence day was fine whatever but everything else at the time you'd expect to see independence day i
2: like birdcage i like birdcage
1: that probably doesn't age well actually we should look at that i
2: did watch it Nah, it's awesome. It's better. Uh, we should do it. Okay, we should I've do got it. A f- Less to talk yeah.
1: about there. I'll yeah. bite my tongue. Haven't seen it. Not going to make a call. Um, for me, I never saw this until yesterday. Mm-hmm. Didn't see it in cinema. Never even heard of it. <laughs> um, I have no... <laughs> you were- I mean, 1995, I guess I, would, I existed. Me and this film never crossed paths. I don't think it was released in cinemas in Australia based on that result. It probably mm. bombed in the US. And in those days, they didn't synchronize these things. It probably bombed in the US and, like, well, that's not No, we to used to
2: get them ages after.
1: Yeah, so it was probably straight to video. You probably saw it at Video Easy, saw Stephen Seagal's name on it and took it right home, didn't you, Greg?
2: That's exactly what happened. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I don't know what I can add to that. That other is exactly than, what happened. Other than that, it wasn't Video Easy. It was Civic Video. Video Manor. Video Manor. Mm, I remember in, that. Up in Gladesville, there. Yeah, I used to go there. Yeah, there you go. Mm. So, yeah, I would have watched it there. I would have taken it to my mate's house. We would have watched it out the back where his parents didn't. They kind of left us to our own devices so we could watch shitty movies like Glimmer Man with plenty of violence and martial arts as we thought it was.
1: And, it's um, slappy slappy really, isn't it? Oh,
2: it's pretty slappy. It's not great. It's
1: At- like when George and Jerry fight on Seinfeld. <laughs> That's the action scene too. <laughs>
2: It's not great. Um, so much so, even at the time when we, I think I must have what was it, ninety six? So how old was I? I was like fourteen. That's still pretty young. Yeah. And we would, we were like, "What the hell is this crap?" When yeah. We we're watching, and when it finished, we were like, "That is the crappiest movie I've ever seen." So you thought at the time this? Is, yeah, this I distinctly is remember thinking it was crap. Yeah. So you're in for a great podcast, people. Yeah. Enjoy.
1: This is. I can guarantee this podcast will be better than the film.
2: Let's play the trailer.
0: Through those he pursued, he was known only as the Glimmer
3: Man. They'd see nothing but shadows. Then a glimmer. Then he's always followed his own path and worked alone until now.
0: Uh, Mr. Lovebeads, you're gonna have to seek high enlightenment somewhere else. They don't see eye to eye. This
3: guy's weird.
0: Got up to gun. I can't fight. This
3: is not the time I want to hear that. I got soul! For a minute there, I forgot you told me
0: you can't fight.
3: So against my religion, I'm a Buddhist. And I'm super bad. And they use different
0: methods. Once in a you should cry because like, it cleanses us. So If I need a cleansing, I have a brand muffin. I got but soul! on this case. Pray that we hurry and find this killer so I don't have to be with your crazy ass much longer. Opposites do attract. He's a little country. I'm a little bit rock and roll just get you some red boots and a cape and you can fly around the city and stop all the crime take your little sensitive ponytail and your little sissy beads and get out of here warner brothers presents steven seagal i have something that a completely clear up that bruise on your forehead what bruise that bruise keenan ivory
3: weigh do you know i'm black
0: you learn well grasshopper
2: so that's the trailer. Um, how would you describe the trailer in comparison to the movie, Tristan? Um, oddly disconnected, mm. deceptive, even
1: deceptive. I, you think you're getting maybe the Last Boy Scout, 48 hours, something yeah. along those lines. Yeah. Instead, what do you get, Greg? <laughs>
2: <laughs> you get... A uh, pile of poo. Yeah, I've got something here. Hang on. You get... I've written it as Tango and Cash meets a pile of turd. <laughs> it's... um <laughs> I couldn't think of a, a combo. It's so shit.
1: That's perfect. <laughs> it's it's co- like... I love that that's how they pitched it too. Yeah. All right. What about, you know, it's like, it's Die Hard, but it's on a boat. (laughs) It's like, Tango and Cash. (laughs) Steamer. (laughs) Shittier.
2: (laughs) Yeah. That was kind of like my initial reactions to this one.
1: Yeah. My vibe on that. First thing I write out, what a stinker. (laughs) What a stinker. Yeah. Doesn't know what the fuck it is. Is it a comedy? Oh, is it? Tonally all over the place. Am I? What am I supposed to be feeling right now? It's just, what is this? Well, that's it. I was, I was hoping for like a so bad it's good vibe. And it's just not that either. No. Nah. Um, apparently there was quite a bit cut out of it. So I think there were maybe more jokes in there. More on that later. So, Steven Seagal likes to rewrite on the fly dialogue, even though he's not the writer of this film.
2: <laughs> yeah, he likes to do everything. <laughs>
1: um, Like Steven Seagal to me was the thing I didn't get at the time. I don't get now. And after watching this film, I still do not get. I know you're more of a Seagal guy. I'm sure we're going to get into that. Oh
2: yeah, we can get into yeah.
1: that. Yeah, um, yeah. I wouldn't. The say best thing that. about it, I think, was the running time. <laughs> 92 minutes felt like three hours at least.
2: It took me three sittings.
1: Yeah, I was like, I remember I I was only I had to watch it over a few sittings, and I watched I think 12 minutes the first time. I'm like, fuck, I got to watch this whole thing, and I was like, ah, oh, there's only like 75 minutes left. My god, man.
2: <laughs> My god. My. God, this is.
1: That was a slog. That was a fucking slog.
2: Yeah, that's a, like. So for a comedy, that opening montage.
1: Is it a comedy? I don't
2: know. It's got a Wayans there's brother. There's no way of knowing. <laughs> well, there is one. <laughs> there's right? a Wayans. There's a Wayans.
1: Yeah, the original, the OG Wayans, right? Hmm? He's like one of the original Wayanses. I mean, I know King there's a ivory. family tree involved, but in terms of famous Wayans. Yeah, him yeah he's the oldest brother right
2: Damon's older but yeah he's one of the old he's one of the old guys he's fifty odd yeah now
1: well so uh, I guess we should start by looking at the historical context like what the fuck was going on in this year like why why was this why would this be a film to make
2: well it might have been a bit of a a counter um well Tupac died shit so does he ever talk about being a glimmer man in any of his songs? <laughs> You're a Tupac man.
1: He talks about his adversaries a lot.
2: Well, maybe Glimmer Man killed Tupac.
1: Yeah, maybe. Just
2: saying. Um, so that happened. Tickled Me Elmo was born. So I guess all the joy that that brought, you know, Glimmer Man could have been a counter movement to that. Tickle Man. Uh, counter
1: movement. I think we can... <laughs> Let's land on that. The Glimmer Man was, <laughs> was a response to... <laughs>
2: <laughs> it was a response to the... Yeah, it's possible. Yeah. <laughs> That the top great. song was Don't Speak by No Doubt. Mm-hmm. If only um, Steven Seagal had heeded her words.
1: He barely speaks. He barely moves. Yeah, but Did he doesn't. Just... His hands just rest on He's... his <laughs> And I don't know how he even does that comfortably. Like I like Greg, how he stands. His arm's that small?
2: Have you seen him run?
1: We're getting into that, Greg. Let's let's so... Let's come back to that. Yeah, we're coming back to that. Okay, we're coming, we're coming, back, coming to back to that. that. We're coming. Back um, to that. So
2: that's a lot of the big things that happened. Um, that's the background. Yeah, no real, no real explanation in culture for why this. No,
1: there's no, there's no reason happened. for this film to exist. It happened to exist in that time. At some point, a man named Kevin Broadbent wrote the script. It was slightly different, different character names. I think it was a bit longer, more action scenes, more comedy, more drama, more. More of a film, some may say. More everything. More, more of everything. Um, they made edits to make it more like a traditional Steven Seagal film. So that means taking out anything Plot. that makes it a picture. But this Kevin Brodman guy looked into him. The only thing of What'd have he's done is the film Constantine with our boy Keanu. I haven't seen that. i, I heard have. it's okay, maybe. Eh.
2: It's an apocalyptic... Um,
1: it's a comic book movie, too, I think.
2: He's. It's. He's like a... Angel of Death or something. Yeah, right? something
1: like that. Um, John Gray directed, again, not a huge name. Best known for Ghost Whisperer Jean on TV. Jean Gray? Ghost, Ghost Whisperer.
2: Is that the TV show
1: with? Jennifer Love Hewitt.
2: Ah, oh, classic. Um,
1: so, yeah, initially this was pitched as more of a Last Boy Scout type of picture. It had a bit of a low budget, so they cut out some key action scenes. Kenan Ivory Wayne's character, was supposed to live on a houseboat that was going to get blown up. Nice. But the budget did not permit that. So he just lived in a fucking awesome apartment, in my opinion. How cool was that, that apartment?
2: apartment? was very nice. So
1: good. That yeah. aesthetic stands. I mean, we're jumping ahead. I would live there right now.
2: 100%. We, yeah. we're, they're in LA. Is
1: it LA? Yeah, I guess it was. It must be downtown, I guess. Yeah. But yeah, they shot. So, okay, they cut some action out of shooting due to budget reasons, but they shot more comedy, they shot more drama, and they stripped it out for reasons, I quote, <laughs> to make it more like a regular Steven Seagal movie. Strangely enough, Tommy Lee Jones, villain from Under Siege, was an- initially pinned to play the Brian Cox role, which you can kind of see him do his Little South, you know, mm-hmm. the South accent thing yep. Um, I don't know what that was. That was almost my Morgan Freeman, but you get the point.
2: <laughs> Where's Morgan Freeman from? He could be from the South.
1: Wow. Well, I do not know. We will built a series of caves. Um, But he dropped out pretty last minute. Brian Cox went in. Not the scientist, the actor. Um, The music for the film. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Brought to you by? Steven Seagal. So he wrote a few original songs, including uh, Bulletproof and Snake. Um, He did not perform at least the vocals of these songs. I'm not sure not familiar with his tracks myself, but apparently he did a lot of music or was involved with a lot of the music in a lot of his pictures. Yeah. He's actually released quite a few albums.
2: He's Um, a guitarist.
1: Yeah. He seems to be really into it. Like he seems to, well, look, I haven't done probably the amount of research I had to do to make a call, but his expertise in music seems not dissimilar to his expertise in martial arts, where on paper it seems great, but in practice I'm not convinced just yet. One of his big albums, big with air quotes all over it, um, Songs from My Crystal Cave. Mm. Um, so he's done music. He's a martial arts expert. He's an actor. He's a sheriff. Um, yeah. He's done it all. This is the one and only Stephen Segal.
2: Sensei Steven Segal.
1: Sensei, Sensei Sheriff Steven <laughs> Sensei, yeah. For
2: us. Sensei,
1: Sensei. Sensei. Um, so the sensei-gal. funny the funny thing with this one is apparently in making the film... So there's not a great, you know, crazy story like some of the other movies we do in terms of this getting to the point of getting made. But once it was getting made, this guy was causing all kinds of issues on set. <laughs> Keenan Ivory Wayans had massive issues with him. He would show up to set late every day. And <laughs> Keenan <laughs> has this great story of one day he shows up two hours late... He comes down in his or can I say his voice is quite Trumpian. He comes down to Keenan and yeah. says, Oh my god, I've just read the best script I've ever read in my yeah, yeah. life. It's fantastic. And Keenan asks him, Oh, who wrote it? He's like, I did. Yeah. <laughs> That's insane. Um, and one of the actors, Stephen Tobolowski. Obviously, plays the uh, the serial killer of this film. Great actor in lots of great stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, he has this great anecdote of when he auditioned for the film. He got through various rounds. He had to go to Steven Seagal's home, and his audition was set for ten a.m. He um, got to he got to the location, sat in sat in Steven Seagal's living room, which was apparently filled with saddles, all kinds of saddles, all over the place. Yeah ornate saddles uh-huh. he sat there from 10am to 12.30 on a saddle um, I guess on a saddle I guess do you have saddles on? yeah maybe Stephen came downstairs he'd been asleep finally big man
2: big dog got asleep
1: big dog got asleep he's a growing boy Stephen Tobolowsky obviously gets the role they're shooting he would apparently consistently try and rewrite his dialogue or rewrite
0: scenes on the fly as they're shooting I was working the first day of the movie first day, and John Gray, the director, comes in to my trailer and says, we're having a problem. I, I go, what's wrong? He says, well, Steven Seagal, he decided that he doesn't want to kill people anymore in movies. Warner Brothers is very upset. The problem is, in the scene, I was playing a serial killer, and the whole scene is about him killing me. So John says, Steven, Steven Seagal is going to try to convince you not to kill you in this scene. Don't get into a conversation with him. Whatever you do, don't talk to him. He has to kill you. I said, well, I'll steer clear of Stephen. So we got called to the set, and that was the first time I met Stephen on the set. And he came up to me. He says, I think it would probably be better if I don't kill you. I I said, I I hear you. And Stephen says, I think it's just bad that we keep putting this violence into the world. I, I said, I understand that, Stephen, but... This case may be an exception. I'm looking at my life as a serial killer. And I feel I'm trapped in this broken soul that I'm inhabiting. And it would really help me in terms of my reincarnational development. If you could kill me, and then I would be able to leave this body and actually transcend into a better life, into a better body. You would actually be helping. So I would be giving you a helping hand? I said, oh, you'd be giving everybody a helping hand. You'd be removing evil from the world. You'd be giving me a new chance at life in a new body sometime in the near future. I never thought of it that way. Uh, all right. I'll kill you in this scene.
2: Wow. So he just out- outsmarted.
1: Yeah. Later on, like two weeks later, right? So, you know, obviously he dies kind of halfway through the film. Spoiler alert for a film you're never going to yeah, see. Yeah,
2: halfway through. He dies about 20 minutes in.
1: Yeah. He gets a call from the director again and says, oh, no, steven has been ad-libbing again. And it, he kind of retconned out that whole scene and was like, thank God I didn't kill that guy in the church. <laughs> and so they, he was trying to rewrite the film retroactively. And it's like, we already shot that film. His chest explodes like... It's not happening. Anyway, this is not unexpected from this guy. He does it all the time. Eventually the film got made, but you can kind of see why maybe it turned out the way it did, with lots of rewrites and cuts and that kind of thing. Oh man. What a what a strange I would love to see the making of this more than I would love to see the result. <laughs> of like this. the
2: Fire Festival behind the scenes. Yeah,
1: yeah. like a fire festival jab, a um uh what's that? Hearts of darkness, is that the one? Apocalypse yeah, that's now. an
2: apocalypse now, yeah. It's interesting what you said about the, uh, the karma piece as he's decided not to kill on camera for mm. karmic reasons. I did a little research into his body count by movie. Huh. And um, this character, Jack Cole and Glimmer Man, he ranks on the low side of uh, a Steven Seagal body count. So Jack Cole takes out 14 people in this movie.
1: And he goes from 0 to 100 pretty quickly. Yeah. Like he goes from, I'm not hurting anyone, to pulling out a credit card with a razor blade in it and slitting their mm, throat. I yes, can't
2: fight. Now's not he's got the fight. time to tell me that. Yeah, no, not It's not that he can't fight, it's against my, my religion. Um, yeah, I think um, 14, 14 kills for this movie. Above the Law and Hard to Kill both had 12. It's a big movies. Under Siege had 30, killed 30 people in Under Siege. That's quite a few. Uh, on Deadly Ground. Where he plays a uh, Native American, more on his cultural ambiguity. <laughs> Down to siege two, just a casual twenty-four.
1: But all of his ethnically ambiguous features feel performative. Like it feels like there's an unnatural squint. There's maybe an unnatural tint. There's, you know, like everything. Yeah, not, totally. Like, what is his cultural background? Do you know? Yeah, he's Irish
2: Hungarian. <laughs> De- i shit you not. <laughs> his paternal, his paternal grandparents, going off, off our friends at Wiki, his paternal grandparents were Russian Jewish immigrants. His mother had English, German, and distant Irish. He's basically half a Russian, half Irish.
1: I think he's also wigging it at this point too, right? I think he's wearing a wig. Yes, he was yeah. bowling pretty early. As you can see, like, in the side profile, it doesn't look right.
2: Though. Should I... Uh, Shall we give our listeners a bit of a spiel on the flick?
1: Yes, talk us through it.
2: Okay, I'm going to start from the beginning. Would that
1: be appropriate? Good place to start. Mm. Yeah, that's what they say.
2: (laughs) So I mentioned earlier, we opened to this uh, dark, moody, pixelated montage with like people being murdered and crime scene photos, you know. It's pretty dramatic thinking, you know, given I thought this was going to be a comedy sort of like. Yeah, set. I'm
1: thinking seven. I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah,
2: they takes you it's like, oh, this is confronting. This is yeah. pretty brutal. And then it goes, to the, like the classic 90s police station, you know, like uh, typewriters and.
1: You're a your case,
2: chief. Yeah. <laughs> that kind of. Mechanical. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, the classic set, you know, like the lethal weapon kind of setup. And uh, Jim Campbell, i.e., Kenan Ivory Waynes, is there. It's LA. He goes into his office, and uh, there's a guy sitting on his chair, It's like, you know, hey buddy, get out of my desk, you know, plate over. you know, crappy one-liners. Hey,
1: bead guy. Hey, bead guy. Nice beads.
2: Nice beads, you beadman.
1: I mean, that's pretty much the caliber of these wisecracks that you get. Yeah,
2: yeah, they're low. Yeah. They're low. Dwayne's are better than that. Yeah, right? Big time. Most of them. All of them.
1: <laughs> yeah, better than that. Yeah, big yeah. time.
2: Anyway... Turns out Seagal's been flown into the West Coast to help him with The Family Man. The serial killer's called The Family Man because he kills families. It's clever. Yeah. Um, so yeah, they take a call over police radio. They go rescue this kid. There's a hostage situation. There's a kid holding up the other kids. He rescues him. Like He diffuses the situation with his skills. We learn earlier that he's got many skills. He's got all the skills, really. There's nothing you can't do in this movie.
1: And are the big words. <laughs> he's so Trumpy. I, he's so once Trumpy. I recognise the voice, I, I can't. I had it in my notes also. He oh is my god! Massively
2: is, and the eyes, the eyes, and the um, the smugness. He's
1: well. Let me tell you. The delusion. Yeah, the we'll delusion. Get, we'll get, we'll get Parts of that. it. I mean, knowing that he he's delusion trying to change dialogue on the fly. Some of it does kind of feel like when Wayans is like, "Oh, why don't you put on a red cape and save everybody in town?" It feels like that maybe came from Segal as like, "Hey, you should say this about me." You know, it's just. Or well,
2: like, maybe he just of- said it tongue in cheek because I'm like, I'm sick of you overriding every scene. How huh? yeah, you just gonna potentially? I'm just gonna choke you out now. Um, <laughs> the father and no, was it the stepfather comes and says, "Thank you for saving my son," and he's a bit of a bad guy, and that's where we're introduced to the first bad guy, Frank Deverall, which I thought was a pretty cool bad name. Frank Deverall. I thought that was pretty good. Mm. One of the best bits of the movie was his name. He's like a quintessential bad guy. He's in—he's the dean in Shawshank. Like, you can't get much more evil than him, right? Yeah. So he's the Fair first, enough. and they have an awkward standoff. And look, I actually think Glimmerman's a bit of an asshole at this point because he doesn't know that this guy's a bad guy. And this guy comes up to him and says, thanks for saving my son. He's like, yeah, well, if I ever uh, need anything, I'll be... I'll be sure to call you right away. But
1: what we have learned he's very good at, very strong perception skills. Like uh, in the way that he could tell that that dead body was Jewish-Russian. Yeah, yes. <laughs> and everyone was blown away. But then they were equally blown away by the fact that he could tell her boobs were fake, which I think were a bit more obvious than her Jewish-Russian descent. Yeah. That was a, and then he proceeded to cut one he out. He cut
2: the silicon out. I don't What know. a
1: weird movie.
2: He's like, yeah, I'm going to show you that it's see And they're like, whoa, how did you see that?
1: What a strange, strange scene. What but stra- they were equally blown away by his perceptive skills. Of- yeah,
2: yeah. One of the early signs that he was a police genius. genius. I've seen a lot of things. I get, I get a little bit of a past. And then he, um, oh, then the serial killer takes out his ex and there's this of complexity that come in here that are unnecessary yeah. for a movie that runs 92 minutes. Yeah. It's his ex gets killed and her hus- you know, her new husband. And then he's got to go home and tell his, I guess that's his new wife. And then his kids. Yeah. Got to go outside and tell my kids their mother's dead. And then it shows him doing that. Yeah. And then we never see them again. Yeah, so, Why I mean, bother?
1: But he does this thing a couple of times in the movie where he's like, I got to go tell the mother's dead. But it seems like he did other things before. Like, that's the first thing you fucking do. Hey, how would you know? You're not a glimmer man. That's true. How many
2: secret ops have you done for the CIA or other?
1: Likely not as much as him or likely the equal amount being zero. (laughs) (laughs) Touche.
2: Well, look, I just, you know, you can't judge him.
1: (laughs) It's Steven (laughs) Seagal. But wait, what's your, give me more on your, I want to know, like you are a Seagal guy, right? Well, I liked all of them. But yeah,
2: as I've got older.
1: But where does he stack up in the like? Obviously, Van Damme, Yes, where does he fit just in the in the rankings of this type of dude? Like,
2: a bit of a, he's just, just an, he's a bit of an asshole, really. He's
1: a bit shit. Yeah, because even the I get that he's technically quintuple black belt or whatever. Yeah, he's a
2: seventh degree. But he's there's legit nothing in a Akita.
1: there's no single move in a single shot in any of the action scenes in this.
2: But that's not a striking martial art. So in these movies when they I get that, but show me something. That's what I mean. Like it's when, all, they, yeah. But they try and, like these kicks he was doing, it looked like he was like an old angry ethnic man kicking a, a dog that got in his way. He's like, hey! And
1: they cut it as if it's a man that doesn't know martial arts. And I get that he does. So it's weird that they do that. Like just, I don't know. I get that and it's not the, the most showy martial art, but surely there's a way to portray it that is a little Well, more... he throws
2: everyone around. That's what a keto guys do. They can throw people around. Yeah, but
1: I think it's just more the fact that there's never a, a single shot of one movement. So you never see him just cleanly throw someone. There's always just like thing and then it's... Yeah. yeah. It's very strange. I
2: think he wasn't in peak shape for this movie. He was on his... um, He's, he's a bit bigger these days. Yeah,
1: I think he was in peak shape before he started making movies. <laughs> <laughs> he like he like sort 10. of became a wall. Again, quite and Yeah,
2: he is. <laughs> I am going to finish the plot because okay. people would must be on it. People going, tell us what happened next because <laughs> this is amazing.
1: <laughs> on the edge of the seats. Oh my god, I got to fast. I gotta forward. I've got to get off the bus. Soon. I got to
2: fast forward. I better not get to my desk before I hear what happened in Glimmerman. So yeah, so his wife's dead, ex-wife. So he contacts his old CIA buddy, who is like his mentor or whatever, and he has to, for some reason, he has to bash a few people to do that, which again is weird. Um feels like there's a lot of subtext or things that happened just before you in this movie, just before you tuned in to the beginning of the movie. Yeah. Like there's no backstory. Yeah,
1: but dumb- I think we're supposed to think more, like, again, the trailer makes it more obvious that he is the Glimmer Man than the film does. I must have had a microsleep when that other dude said it. Yeah. But I couldn't figure out why this movie was called The Glimmer Man. He
2: does. He does, in this actual scene that I'm talking about. Okay, he plot, says This is the exact scene that he okay. explains as per the trailer. It's the same line. They've <laughs> literally cut the line for the trailer out of, and put it in a different voice. But it's Brian Cox. And like,
1: yeah.
2: they, these are good bad guys.
1: Yeah, yeah.
2: Like, I didn't know the other guy's name,
1: but I know he's the. I'm gonna have to kill your son. Oh, yeah. yeah. But Brian Cox is fucking legit. He doesn't, he looks kind of the same age too. He's always been old.
2: He's always been old. Yeah, they bred him old back then. He's kind of the same guy he is in the Bourne movies. He's like some CIA guy. You learn he's ex-CIA. Then they track down the actual serial killer. That is that Stephen Tobolowski guy you were referring to earlier, oh. aka Ned Ryerson from Groundhog Day.
1: Uh,
2: Ned, Pinhead Ned. No, I think <laughs> Head Ned the Head. <laughs> Is anyone... Because
1: I sure as heck remember
0: you.
2: All right, let's get a clip.
0: Phil? Hey, Phil? Phil? Phil Connors? Phil Connors, I thought that was you. Hi, how you doing? Thanks for watching. Hey, hey. Now, don't you tell me you don't remember me because I sure as heck fire remember you. Not a chance. (laughs) Ned! Ryerson! Needle nose, Ned, Ned the head. Come on, buddy. Case Western, High, Ned Ryerson, I did the whistling belly button trick at the high school talent show. Bing! Ned Ryerson, got the shingles real bad. Senior year, almost didn't graduate. Bing! Again! Ned Ryerson, I dated your sister Mary Pat a couple times till you told me not to anymore. Well? Ned Ryerson? Bing!
1: This guy, he's one of these, he's one of these that guys, you know? He shows up everywhere, Californication, Silicon Valley. Yeah. Movements, Mississippi Burning. oh, Yeah, all over the place. Yeah. Ned Ryson. So I just Googled Stephen Tabalowski net worth.
2: <laughs> Which is a benchmark for his success or failures.
1: Well, this is what I'm always curious about, though. Like, actors at that kind of level, like, what is, what is the lifestyle one can expect?
2: Well, it'd differ. There'd be some guys that do other things. Better. Well,
1: you would think so, right? And so this says net worth of one point five million dollars, which I gotta think is not. He must have more than that. Maybe that's just what's on record as, as him having earned. Oh yeah, film. I
2: hear he spends a bit of time in the Caymans. <laughs> I'm assuming there. I could oven. picture
1: him wearing a fedora. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Um, so he's the bad. He's the serial killer. He gets killed, and then they they've got that this um, dramatic like religious tones to the murders. Yeah. And then he gets killed in a church, and so like this—the like, Russian mafia. Oh yeah, they thing. they drag them in, and the Serbian rebel. But it's just fighters. as
1: random as the way I brought it up. Like it's just like oh, the and, and the Russian mafia is here. Yeah,
2: they're importing the plutonium off the Russian mafia to give to the Serbian free, to sell to the Serbian freedom fighters.
1: Classic trope of you know a tattoo signifying the secret society you're a part of, <laughs> blowing your cover. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe don't get the symbol so prominently displayed on your body. Yeah. Uh, oh, this movie's horrible.
2: It's so bad. They beat, bring us home. They beat a few more people up. <laughs>
1: um, well, here's the thing as well. They, they're killing people left, right and center. At some point, the two cops, the main characters of the film, shift their goal from arresting these people to just like murder. Yeah. Well, no, actually, let's shoot Brian Cox and send him on his way. Like, I don't. Yeah, what are we put, doing
2: here? They put a bunch of your bullets cops, in him. What
1: are the consequences Torched if you if you discharge your firearm? <laughs> you have to <laughs> you fill have to out write a paperwork. Report. You can't just shoot someone in the foot and in the hand and send them on their merry way. Uh, yeah, arrest the man. It doesn't make sense.
2: Uh, I can't. I don't really want to finish with it. Not much else happens. The final shootout's pretty funny.
1: <laughs> yeah.
2: 'Cause you got the guy who goes, Oh, this is positively Shakespearean. Yeah. To be or not to be. Yeah. Oh,
1: what a oh weird my gosh. What a weird I don't even Yeah.
2: It hurts. I'm lost for words. It's a very confused film. Wonder what Stephen would have to say about it. What should
1: He probably wouldn't give a straight answer.
2: He'd just glint at you. He stares, he glints, and then he raises his eyebrows. Does this weird fucking Robert De Niro? He smiles voice. a
1: couple times in this film very off-putting. Mm. All right, fast forward to 2019. One thing I did, I, I guess, I, would, I don't know if I'd say it aged well, but one thing I think, it's nice but also a fault of the picture. There's not a lot of tension between Wayans and Seagal. I, I get a bit tired of the trope of like, oh, they, were, they weren't they were getting along. but, but I They think, had to work
2: together. I think they were trying to do that.
1: But they, so That's the irony of it. I think they were trying <laughs> to do that. <laughs> but I was like, oh, they seem to be getting along oh, pretty they're well. They along so, this, so this well. This is nice. But there's just no tension there's nothing that makes this a compelling movie. <laughs> it's kind of crazy.
2: But, but, I mean, the bad guys are okay—the Brian Cox and Bob, Bob Gunton combo.
1: Yeah, yeah, okay. As far as those roles evil were, white guys. like they're just kind of the evil older cardboard cutout rich. kind of thing. Yeah, I think the only one I'd say Kid and Ivory Wayne's comes out best, but not doesn't come out great. Just best of a bad bunch. Like he's okay.
2: His skivvy under blazer combo. Dated well, yeah. It looks, it looks a good look.
1: Very Drake, childish Gambino vibes. Yeah, maybe I might yeah. buy one this year. Yeah,
2: yes, yeah, the year. But I don't it. think I can do that.
1: I can't do it. I'll be. I'll look more like Ross than Drake. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> of the, of the Ross Geller, yeah. two ends of the spectrum yeah. I don't think it's going to work same for me. Spectrum. I don't know. What do you, What do you think? Does anything work for you looking at it now as a film if it was released today?
2: That's the thing. I don't know how much of it is it's aging or it's just that it was always been a bad movie.
1: Yeah. I think that's the bottom line for this one. It wasn't good then, and it ain't good now. <laughs>
2: yeah. Did you know he's um so he's a bit of a hanger on. well, Spencer, you ask. He's involved in the uh, in a, like the UFC world. Right. So there's a few fighters that he claims he's trained.
1: There, was there one recently?
2: They're pretty famous. But there's guys like Anderson Silva, who Anderson Silva like one of the biggest legends in the sport. Yeah. Um. He famously knocked out another legend of the sport with um, this front kick that kind of kicked this guy in the face. Very, very hard to execute, took the guy by surprise, knocked him out, this guy Vitor Belfort, who's a Brazilian legend as well. And um, he pretty much took credit for that. He was like, yeah, I taught him that kick. I've been training him. Yes, I remember that. He calls me master. Yeah. This whole thing. And then you ask some of the other people, they're like, yeah, but – this guy Anderson Sewell was the nicest guy ever. He doesn't really speak English. So I can't
1: imagine Steven Seagal at this point being able to lift his leg above his waist.
2: No, he wouldn't. So it's pretty funny if he, he cops a bit of flack from people. He doesn't people. move.
1: No. Like the so mentioned before the the classic I mean, what's outdated about Steven Seagal other than fucking everything, but obviously took the internet by storm a few years ago when someone made a supercut of Stephen Seagal writing in films. Um <laughs> Obviously, notoriously horrible to work with. These two stories converge S-special- in a great little clip I found. Oh. Um, oh my God. This is John Legazamo talking about his experience with Steven Seagal.
3: Yeah, you know. Steven Seagal. Yeah. yeah. I, I did a movie with him called uh, uh, Executive Decision. Yeah. And. Yeah. Oh, yeah. All three of you saw it. <laughs> and. And the first day we, we get together for rehearsal with the actors and the director, he comes in, I'm in command. What I say is law. You disagree? And I started cracking. I was like, <laughs> I thought he was kidding. We were yeah, just hanging yeah. out. Yeah. And he a me against a brick wall. Pow! Knocked all the air, air out of me. I was like, what? <laughs> what? Yeah. I mean, what I really want to say is how big and fat he is and how he runs like a bitch. But, ah! <laughs> Look at it online. You can see he runs like this. I'm not kidding. <laughs> like he's du- like he's a double dutching little bitch, but <laughs> but he hits like a like he is like an Aikido Masty. He is six yeah. foot five.
1: Six foot five. I didn't realize that. It's very tall. I yeah. don't know if he's is he that tall actually. I know he's tall. I don't know. Six John Leguizamo is pretty short. So. Yeah,
2: everyone's six foot. But <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's. There's a, another another really famous story. There is a, a legendary um, man in the martial arts world called Jean LaBelle and he's basically the godfather of grappling. Like he's taught Bruce Lee to grapple. Um, he's about he's mid eighties now, at least. In modern context, he taught Ronda Rousey ju- uh, judo and right it, legend, legend, big character, big. Anyway, he tells this story that he made Siegel shit himself. So as the story of, <laughs> that when he tells it goes, Seagull was walking around in some sort of tournament saying that no one could choke him out. No, I don't get choked out, no one can do it. And apparently he's like, All right, I'll have a go. So he puts him in like a rear naked choke, which is, you know, standing behind him with his arm around his neck and starts putting the putting the putting the choke on, squeezing in, and apparently Sigal just like whacks him and like punches him basically, like by surprise. I can't remember if it was in the nuts with the face. Something like to startle him. Jean Labelle just didn't really budge and then just like really put the choke on. And as he story goes, like, I put him to sleep. He slapped him. He goes, I don't know if, if he hadn't gone to the toilet that day or not, but <coughs> he shat himself. That's his, that's his story. Needless to say, he denies it.
1: I don't poo. But don't poo.
2: But the, funny, the funniest is when you hear him talk about other martial arts <coughs> stars. Right. And he basically discounts them for in all their worth. So, he was here a few years ago as well. What year was this? About 2014, I think. And he got interviewed by a a famous Aussie fight commentator. And he asked him about Van Damme and a couple other guys specifically. So, we'll have a listen.
0: Who's the most legitimate Hollywood tough guy, in your opinion? You accept it, of course. When you say tough guy, do you mean martial artist or just tough guy? I mean, Stephen, for real. If he was on the street and there was a situation, you wanted this Hollywood guy by your side because he could defend himself
2: it's that hard to think of a legit one
0: can you think of one michael joe white can i laugh in your face really yes thoughts on jean claude van Damme? can i laugh in your face chuck norris I mean, Chuck is in his mid-seventies, He's probably 76 years old, okay, 75, 76 years old. Interesting. So I don't know, I don't, I've heard that he's not, you know. So I mean, I don't really want to get into, on film anyway, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, who's a tough guy. Do I think Michael is a tough guy? No. Do I think he's a martial artist? No. Do I think Jean-Claude's a tough guy or a martial artist? No.
1: The, the vibe I get with this guy is it's the 80s. There's this era of sort of discovering this outsider talent from some, you know, related but not acting skill set. So you get Arnie from bodybuilding. You get Jean-Claude Van Damme from whatever his... Martial arts style is Bruce Lee. Before that, like there's this formula of like you pull this person out of obscurity for an amazing skill they have, and you put them on screen, and they have this charisma, and they're going to do something special.
2: I think that's an important element. Yeah, the and
1: I of. think the charisma is what this guy is lacking.
2: Oh yeah, he had well, his moments? He did say, "I hope someday that I can be regarded as a great actor and writer rather
1: than just a sex symbol." <laughs> <laughs> I think it's like some, it's, I'm sure this is not actually what happened, but in my brain, it's like, someone observed this phobia and was like, oh, well, here's some guy that knows stuff. Like, let's put him in a picture. And he just kind of stands there. Mm. And then we get the... Why don't you try it. and
2: attack me and see what happens? There's another one. girl <laughs> on acting. The secret is not to act, but to be.
1: Acting is reacting. <laughs> Beautiful. No. Yeah.
2: Can I tell you something else? I had a lecturer at uni called Steven Segal. His name was <laughs> Steven Seagal.
1: Can you believe it? How did he place his hands when not in use? In his
2: pockets or frumping his shirt. He was uh, quite short, quite portly, and I'm pretty sure he used to go and drink in the night class break. No. And when I say I'm pretty sure he used to tell us that he had not <laughs> If he came back and was a bit jittery with his words, he'd go, oh, I probably... Poured that scotch a little, a little heavy. <laughs> yeah, I like, I like, I like my Stephen Seagal. How would he have
1: done in this movie?
2: Probably not as good. He would, you wouldn't. Call, I've never thought of him as the gloom man. There was never really that many shadows. He was pretty slow at moving. The, the, there was a stigmata death at the end as well. He killed the last guy. He goes, Is, Is that supposed to be got? some kind of poetic? I'm just gonna kill you, and then he like chokes him. That weird little choke out. They're choking each other. Yeah,
1: and then he ends up basically being a crucifix on the yeah. fence. Yeah. Is that like the director being like, hey, check this out? It's, get it, right? Because he was, yeah, I guess it is, but it's it's lousy. But it's just meh. The whole thing is meh. This movie sucks. I'm not into this. Not rewatchable. Really Bin it.
2: Yeah, I'm pretty disappointed that you made me watch this again. Yeah. This was your call.
1: Like I said, I'm not, I have not been a Steven Seagal guy. Not that I was banking on this picture to convince me, but this is not the one to do it. No.
2: Hey, look, he had some great. I love his early stuff.
1: Yeah, I'm still down to try some of that. I love it.
2: It's got, Above the Law, Marked for Death, Under Siege, obviously.
1: They're good movies. They're yeah. so enjoyable. Each time you get a
2: different Steven Seagal, you get an Italian, you get a.
1: Did he say Mamma Mia?
2: He may well do. His name's Nico. Hey, Nico.
1: Um, as much as I hate this film, if I had to reboot, if you put a gun to my head and you said, Tristan, reboot this film, you have an idea, yeah. As well. All right, let's let's pitch against each other. Here's my idea. Go. Keep Stephen Segal. Have Marlon Wayne's No, um, Marlon Wayans. Don't have Marlon Wayans. Can you make Wayans character um, be an Asian male and ha- flip that lens a little bit? Get rid of the Orientalism of the whole thing. Subvert that trope. Have him look like the fool for for treating Asian culture in that way. And it's like, who's this guy? I thinks he's Asian. I think that could be an interesting way to flip. Ah, and who would be that person? Hmm, it's a good question. As is Sandra O. Oh, I was gonna go as is and so. <laughs> I said that as a joke, but that um, I'm into that. Sandra yeah. O. Stephen Segal
2: kicking a bit of ass.
1: Yeah, yep, done. What's your version?
2: Uh, it's a Netflix <laughs> yeah. series. Ooh, yeah, series. That's right.
1: And is either sheriff.
2: Um. Oh my goodness! Just one thing. Yeah, I forgot to mention when we were talking about all his co- cultural appropriations that he does at each turn of his career. Steven Seagal Lawman, where he is, uh, he has a, a reality TV show about him being. A, is he about? He's a sheriff.
1: Is a sh- I think bounty a sheriff.
2: Oh, He basically goes around arresting people yeah. and like talking smack. He speaks in Ebonics on that. He what? He speaks in abonics like black slang. Yo man. Really? Yes, it's oh get let's get a clip up. It's it's next level cringe.
0: I don't know if he's fit to drive, y'all. I suspect he's maybe just had a little too much to drink. What
3: man? What what my wife loves you. I don't you like know you. What my... my wife loves
0: you. Chief, he wants to shake your hand. Why would I you shake know. your hand after you said i stunt I don't like you. Well my uh, wife loves you. Then tell her to shake my hand. This guy thinks that maybe I'm
2: not a martial artist. Like, yeah. Sorry. So, um. I don't like him. No, he's something very off, isn't there?
1: Yeah. I don't like him.
2: Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, I reckon it could. Because the. If you got to do both the serial killer dark thing and then try and have comedy, I, I think there needs more time. Yeah. To develop out the characters.
1: Yeah. There's no. And I'd kill... I'd probably... Make a choice.
2: Make a choice in the bad guy as well. Like, go down the family man serial killer route. Why is there government, ex-government people importing nuclear weapons off Russians to sell to Serbian freedom fighters? Man.
1: Uh, so, okay. that's a, You reminded me. One way I was thinking of articulating this movie is like, if some kind of AI machine digested all the worst movies of the <laughs> 80s and just automated a script... <laughs> And it's the Russian mafia, blah, blah do martial arts, bam, blah. Like that's what comes out.
2: We it's, haven't quite got the formula right.
1: <laughs> man, it's bad. Yeah, it's Don't full of cliches. Watch it. Should we finish with the? Uh, you got any more uh, zingers from uh, our I've, man? I've used them all. I think.
2: <laughs> so yeah, I would. You know, keep those ninety minutes, ninety-two minutes in your life.
1: Yeah. This is really an open and shut case, I think, if ever we've had one. Yeah. It's triggered from the record. We don't do this in our lives. All right, case closed. Movie sucks. Don't Don't watch it
2: it. Don't watch it. Next week. Next week in a land. What are we doing next
0: week? I don't know.